the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. New Year. It is that time of year where we are certainly starting to think, how does the year end? On Wall Street, that's a big story because we measure ourselves in year-over-year type of numbers, whether it's right or wrong. I personally would wish that we would measure our success or failure based on maybe five and ten-year blocks because I really don't think one year is the make or break. But you know, for that being said, with all the negative news and negative headlines this year, 9% unemployment, problems in Europe, it hasn't been that bad. It really hasn't been that bad. I'm actually pretty thankful. Uh, a 1.1% gain yesterday means that 0.43% is all that stands between an up and down year on the S&P 500. So we go through all the drama, record earnings, record earnings. Europe, sovereign debt problems, China slowing down, 9% unemployment, Republicans, Congress can't get their, their act together to cut the budget, to cut the deficit, to cut spending, S&P downgrades America, and yet we're positive for the year just by a skosh. I really would have thought we would have been up 10% for the year, but I would say the weighting of the European debt crisis has hurt us. It's heavy in our mind. It's weighing us. On a relative basis, it's about as good as it gets considering most of the world's major markets suffered double-digit percentage declines in 2011. This is more about record books than anything else. The overriding question is this. Will the S&P 500 hold today? And will it possibly add to its year-to-date gain? Or will it end trading with a whimper? Will it go down and give us kind of like yeah, we didn't really have that much confidence in the year after all. How will today play out? The psychology means a little bit. Taking a look, we have the Dow down a skosh, down less than one point. We've got the NASDAQ up two points, and the S&P 500 up less than one point. So, so far, after 40 minutes, it's pretty lame out there. Not very dramatic in any way, shape, or form. So, 
going back to our stories, going back to you know what we have to trade on today. It's going to be very light trading. A lot of people have already checked out and started to you know uncork the new year, so to speak. AMR, American Airlines, they received a delisting notice from NYSE. Their shares are down 38% on that news. Delisting means it becomes very difficult to trade. That's a negative. You always want to match buyers and sellers. You want the volume to match buyers and sellers so the prices can be fair. Ultimately, it's going to be reduced to penny stock status, but it had already been kind of reduced to penny stock status. There's even less to talk about today on the economic front. Corporate, there's not a lot of news. Like I said, the AMR is about as good as it gets. One big economic item that seems to be drawing some attention is a manufacturing report from China. It was shown to read at 48.7 for December versus 47.7 November, so month to month it's good. But it was less than you know a flash reading of you know uh, 50. Anything under 50 is contracting. Anything over 50 is expanding. So China's contracting a little bit. They're slowing down their, their construction. They're slowing down their manufacturing, excuse me. So a little irony this morning, you know, which is worthy of pointing out, end of the year 2011, we had a crazy year like the Arab Spring. We had a spike and then a large drop in both gasoline and gold prices. We had a massive earthquake and tsunami in Japan. We had a nuclear meltdown in Japan. We had Osama bin Laden's death. We have a lot of sovereign debt contagion in European uh, zone area. Uh, a huge debt ceiling negotiation debacle. A standard and poor's downgrade of our AAA credit rating debt. A uh, huge flood in Thailand that I don't think really made the headline news. Not sure why. Um, Occupy Wall Street, Occupy San Francisco, Occupy Oakland, you know, Occupy, fill in that name. The start of the 2012 presidential campaign, which has been pretty dramatic. Um, Kim Il-jong died. The Cubs won the World Series. No, 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 no. The Cubs didn't win the World Series. (laughs) Curveball, curveball. But a lot of drama. It was a very eventful year. And yet on Wall Street, we're about where we started. So a lot of volatility. Today, it feels more like a Thanksgiving, like, hey, we came out of the year okay. I survived a a crazy headline 2011. I feel good about where we are. I feel good about my health. I feel there's some resilience and and, and positive temperament. With a lot of scary-sounding headlines, you did good. I'm thankful. I'm thankful, to be quite honest. So, Cabot Oil is in the news today. Standard & Poor's 500 Best 2011 Performer, up 103%. First Solar has that dubious distinction of posting the biggest drop, down 75%. In the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the biggest winner was McDonald's, up 31%. While Bank of America was the biggest loser, down 60%. And for you know what might draw stocks a little bit of sex appeal today, again, there's not much. American Airlines, like I said, will be a stock to watch, being delisted. 
It's being relegated to the pink sheets. That's stunning. But, you know, it's it's already a dead stock. It's a dead stock walking. There's no reason to own it. They're going to wipe it out in bankruptcy. So if American Airlines issues stock again, it'll be like AMRR. So it won't be the same stock. And what you have now will only be used for wiping your butt or wallpaper. That's about it. Shinuri Energy in news today, a company called SAC Capital took a 5.7% stake, a big bet. Sears, uh, Fitch is cutting their rating today to junk territory. I'm questioning, do we really need big department stores in our life anymore? And again, maybe I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm so internet savvy, but do we really need, I don't know, I, I guess we need showrooms to go look at the stuff. But showrooms aren't going to stay in business, not paying rent. But again, like uh, I like buying, you know, my big utilities from Sears. So I get why they're in business. But when you go in the Sears stores, you don't get why they're in business. Anyway, I tend just to go online and look at consumer reports and buy the one that's highest rated. So the Wall Street Journal today is speculating that Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley are the likely frontrunners to lead a Facebook IPO in 2012. That'll be a big headline next year. Amgen, also in the spotlight, the FDA said they're going to meet in February to discuss a possible new approval for its bone drug, Exgeva. The panel's going to examine the drug's use in preventing advanced prostate cancer from spreading. We'll talk about this and much, much more today. We'll talk about some of the big stories of the day. If you have anything that you want to chime in with, feel free to call the show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We'll talk a little research in motion, what's happening with them today, Bank of America. Uh, worst year possible for them. Can they recover? We'll talk this and much, much more. You can find me at Facebook, group page, I Hate Rob Black. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. And you can find me here every day from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1220 a.m. KDOW. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything that you really want to talk about, we could talk about. It's the end of the year. How did you do? How did, do you feel about your confidence going forward? One of the stories that came out yesterday was that HP is going to have to release. Excuse me, I just popped my P there pretty aggressively. HP is going to have to release the letter about Mark Hurd. And what basically got him fired, the letter that led to his ouster as CEO of Hewlett-Packard, 
it makes pretty clear why HP's board ultimately fired him. It had no choice. It 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 was a lot of dishonesty. It wasn't really the sex in the letter. It was a lot of dishonesty. The letter written by attorney Gloria Allred that came out yesterday alleged that Heard had sexually harassed an HP contractor by the name of Jody Fisher, who was an adult movie actress and reality TV star, who ultimately was hired to act as a hostess at HP client events. You know, discussing the letter with Heard and then conducting an investigation, HP's board fired her not for sexual harassment, but because he lied about it. He used HP's resources inappropriately, um, and he basically lied about his relationship with Fisher. He basically begged her to kiss him, begged her to go out with him in just kind of a, a sad, groveling, pathetic kind of way. So he used HP money and resources to arrange and pay for a series of dates and hotel room encounters around the world. It suggested that in the letter that, you know, he had an intermediary, his chief of staff, arrange all the details so he would be able to deny some of them later. In a shockingly alarming detail, it suggested that Heard told Fisher about HP's pending acquisition of EDS before it became public. So, I don't know. I'm kind of glad the story is done and over with, but it also really highlights to me... The Wall Street is sometimes very much so headline-driven. Now, again, he is the leader of that company. So I'm not saying it's not important. What I'm trying to get at, I guess, is, uh, oh, good golly. Short-term, there could be some buying opportunities based on headlines, and they could be pretty sexy headlines. So always know that. I always know that is HP any different of a company? No, they're a poor man's IBM. Right now, you'd probably rather own IBM because they don't have the distractions of not just the the new CEO. They don't have the distractions of well, they didn't quite really succeed in the, that Palm software. They don't really have a product to compete with Apple's iPad. Today, there's a report indicating that the iPad 3, speaking of which, will have a full HD screen. Apple's going to be adopting the new screen technology for the enable full HD quality. Currently, iPad screen technology is a in-plane switching, but Apple says it'll change to a new higher quality display called indium gallium zinc oxide flat panels. You know, you got to be a little skeptical on reports to hear out of Japan, out of China, out of Asia. Other big stories that we're kind of following today, and again, it's not the biggest story day of the year in any way, shape, or form, is Research in Motion. Their BlackBerry smartphone lost further market share to Apple. This is according to a new report that came out. They lost another 6.5%. Well, actually, they're now at 6.5% of smartphones. That's They've lost. I mean, at one point in time, they were rocking the world up 40 50% in, in percentages. Samsung increased their share to 25.6. Apple is about 11.2%. So Apple a lot less than you would have imagined, right? So this is all pointed to evidence that BlackBerry and their new models, upgraded browser, upgraded screen, 
quote unquote hot new apps. It's just not really catching on. This month, Ontario based Research in Motion, they gave a sales and profit forecast that missed expectations, and they really lowered expectations. That stock is down 75% this year. It was once one of Jim Cramer's horsemen when it was, of course, riding high. Jim Cramer is a nice man, nice enough. Left his wife as soon as he got a TV career. Nice enough, but a lot of what Jim Cramer does is the church of what's working now. Not necessarily what you're going to be doing to make money in the future, but the church of what's working now. And as long as you know that, there's no problem listening to him. But if you don't know that, you're in trouble. You're in some pain. Bank of America, another loser this year, Research in Motion. I just got done kind of hitting on pretty aggressively. But Bank of America is on track to be this year's worst performer in the Dow. Down 59%. Will it be a big winner next year? It's way too early to even predict What you ultimately have going on is kind of a three-ring circus. And the show isn't good at any of the rings right now. This year, we got surprise after surprise. We got some new regulations hitting them. We got some mounting costs of bad loans. And you got management that you just, quite honestly, can't trust. Brian Moynihan told his staff in a year-end progress report last week that his effort to boost the company's value is not yet translating into returns for shareholders. Moynihan said he's prepared for turmoil ahead by selling assets, reducing mortgage and credit card loans, and pledging to lower annual costs by $5 billion, including cutting 30,000 jobs. So until they have one good quarter, one quarter where you see loans drop, where it's not necessarily a good quarter because their expectations for loans, they move a loss to a positive. You know, the status of an $8.5 billion accord resolving some claims with mortgage bond buyers, $8.5 billion. It's going to be tied up in courts through 2012. They've got a big exposure to subprime mortgages. Potentially, they're going to have to settle with buyers of securitized subprime and buying back loans that were improperly bundled. The stock's drop has, you know, stung investors. There's some famous ones like Bruce Berkowitz, who has 105 million shares. John Paulson, he's got 64 million shares. I'm confident the bank can withstand the fallout from Europe. I'm not confident that we've seen the lows yet. They've got about $363 billion of cash. That's enough to fund operations for two years. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black on AM 1220 KDOW. Find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. Come back. Take a look at the hot breaking news of the day. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Lines are now open. 800 516 1220. 
That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. It's Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and clearly much, much more. On a regular basis, we can talk about anything that you want to talk about. Will the year end with a whimper, or will it end with a bang, or will it just... Will we have a positive year or negative year? It's all going to be decided today. The Dow's down 20, down one-fifth of 1%. NASDAQ's down one, that's down fractions. And the SP 500's down one, that's also down fractions. Spain's new government warned today that the country's budget deficit will be much higher than anticipated this year. It also unveiled a first batch of austerity measures that include a surprise income and property tax hikes. Following the new conservative government's second cabinet meeting, the budget deficit for the year was revised up to 8% of national income from the previous expectations to 6%. There's a great quote from a government spokesperson who I'm not even a come close to getting their names correct but alongside the upward revision which comes amid predictions that the spanish economy will soon be back in a recession there's further measures to get a handle on its debt so this is a fantastic quote it's from soraya sayanez de santa maria and she says this is the beginning of the beginning i love that quote Not sure what it means, but I love that quote. Spain has to keep a lid on its borrowings, especially with unemployment so high in its regions and the private sector so indebted to following the collapse of a property and construction bubble that fueled robust growth for nearly a decade. I have people that I've talked to in the past. Um, Chad Burton's got clients that went out and you know, bought properties in Spain against his, he said, don't do it. You're, you're, you're kind of getting a little bit too greedy with real estate. Stop it. And, you know, hey, look, it's going up. It's always going up. People fall into the easy money of real estate when it's good. But like the little girl with a curl, when it's bad, it's very, very bad. And that's what you can't afford. You can't afford to lose. You know, when you lose in the stock market, you still have that asset. You accumulate assets. It's not leveraged. When you when you buy a house and it's going to be a rental property and it doesn't cash flow, you can go bankrupt pretty fast because you're borrowing sometimes two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars, and you don't have the assets to cover that in a worst case scenario. Now again, some people do, but if you don't. Don't think of yourself as a real estate investor. Think of yourself as a real estate speculator. And most speculators are out there so that people like me can take advantage of them. And what I mean by that is there's people in the industry, both real estate and financials, that will part you and your money unbelievably fast. They'll take the commissions. They'll take the, the, the fees. They'll take the other side of the trade. For instance, I once bought a piece of property for $98,000. It was in a historic district. Well, no, 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 no. It was in a district just outside Washington, D.C. that was about to be announced as a historic district. 
two years later is worth 300000 I sold it. Of course, I could have held it almost up to 400000 but I'm taking a 100, 300, I'm out of here. Anyhow, um, there's a lot of people out there like Suze Orman who, you know, she just posted a tweet. We made a change in the ETF portfolio for the Money Navigator. If you haven't yet, you better subscribe soon. Oh, now she's backing off on her call on gold. Now that that's off $200 since she recommended it. So be very cautious. There's a lot of people, again, Suze Orman, do you think she really knows much about money? Do you think she's taking a class in economics? No. She was a stockbroker in San Francisco. She was on the portly, chubby side, and she couldn't do that, so she got into insurance, couldn't do that. So ultimately, she makes a lot of money selling you things that you don't need, like insurance. Her website's filled with insurance product that you don't need. Be cautious, people. There's one thing I, I'm trying to teach you this year is, is don't let, don't be foolish with your money. I just mentioned that she mentioned in one of her tweets about exchange-traded funds. There's some really good exchange-traded funds and, you know, to give you an idea, you can go with like a, a balanced fund. For those of you who want slow, steady performance, the Vanguard Total Stock Market, ticker symbol VTI. There's a Vanguard FTSE FTSE All World Excluding US ETF, ticker symbol VEU. There's a Vanguard Total Bond Market ETF, which is high-quality bonds, BND. Those three are all you need. Now, again, that's not. there's no salt, there's no pepper, there's no hot sauce in there. It gets you about a 1.8% yield. It covers a lot of territory. Total stock market, not just large cap, large cap, mid cap, small cap. Bonds, high-quality. And foreign stocks, excluding the United States. That's not bad. Now, if you want to go with like some more bullet shots, the semiconductor sector, there's a ETF SOXX. It's got a lot of tech stocks in it. One of my favorite South Korea ticker symbol EWY, if you want to go with a single country. If you look at Europe and go, you know what? Europe is struggling, but I keep hearing that Germany is the strongest of Europe. Ticker symbol EWG. You don't like Europe at all, but say, you know, there's one country that seems to have its head on straight. They never get invaded. They never invade. Switzerland, EWL. That would obviously be a play on their currency as a safe haven. If you want the Brazil, Russia, India, and China, there's the Morgan Stanley Country Index, Brick Index, ticker symbol BKF. So there's different ways to set up portfolios. Real Estate Investment Trusts, um, ticker symbol REX. That's the National Association of Realtors Index Trust, Residential Plus Capped Index, ticker symbol REX. That's a great way to own real estate, a fantastic way to own real estate. Again, I tend to say that most people own real estate incorrectly. They, they get in and they try to be the landlord. 
But you can actually go out and buy publicly traded companies called REITs. I don't like the privately traded REITs. They have high commissions with a salesperson. And they're not SEC monitored. I don't mind a little SEC monitor if you know what I'm saying. So that doesn't mean that they're not good ideas. But I'm telling you, the high commissions automatically points me elsewhere. So REITs are a great way to real, own real estate because you own, it's called a real estate investment trust, REIT, R-E-I-T, REIT. You own the real estate and the management company that, that collects the, from the tenants. And there's different types of REITs that you can own. There's apartment REITs. There's auto mall REITs. So there's movie theater REITs. There's healthcare REITs. For instance, a good friend of mine is an oncologist. And he tells me about, you know, how much money they've put into this oncology center. They don't own the building. They own all the equipment inside the center. They don't want to leave that building. So they're going to pay their landlord pretty consistently for many, 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 many years to come. Again, it's not foolproof, but I'm trying to give you some ideas. If you want an income portfolio and you want ETFs, tax-free bonds, there's some high-yield muni income, ticker symbol HYD. You mix that with a little bit of preferred stock, ticker symbol PPF. Mix that with a little bit of real estate, SOXX. Mix that with a little bit of high yield, HYG. Mix that with a little intermediate term bond, BIV. A little utilities, XLU. Some high quality corporate bonds, LQD. And suddenly you have an income portfolio that should yield you about 5 to 5.5%. So there's different types of ETFs for different types of investors. Say you want stock-like returns, but you don't want stocks. You can go with a gold trust, IAU, a commodity index, USCI, an emerging markets local debt, ELD. These are all riskier ways of getting that 8% return that you're hoping for. Right now it's yielding about 4.2%. You get some investment-grade corporate bonds, some preferred stocks in there, PFF, some high-yield muni, HYD. That's considered the tofurkey for stock-like returns without stocks. You want multiple assets? You want aggressive? What do you want? You tell me, and you can divide, you know, devise a portfolio for you. If anyone wants a copy of some of these ideas, send me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I'll gladly... Grab that and send it out to you. Now, there are growth outside the U.S. There is growth outside the U.S. There's alternatives to stocks. Stocks aren't the only way to do it. U.S. stocks aren't the only way to get to retirement. Sometimes they're the easiest way to talk about it. For instance, I do a little market video every day. And I tend to talk about companies like Nike and McDonald's. I recently added one to that list that's a great name that I think will do great over time. And they've gone through some problems. Starbucks. People like that $4 latte. I don't get it, but they do. I'm Rob Black. You listen to AM 1220 KDOW. Coming up, more breaking news and insights into portfolio management. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by...
visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. going on on a day-by-day basis it's the end of the year it's winding down quickly looks like we might end the year in the slightly negative or near break even level uh the dow's down fractions right now the nasdaq's down fractions and the sp500 down fractions so Spain revised their deficit higher, and they've raised taxes. That's probably the scariest headline that we've seen today. Some letters airing harassment claims against HP's ex-CEO are starting to make their way forward, which stinks. You know, HP, a big international company, hires a beautiful woman to kind of like be a, a beautiful woman. And the CEO, just because he's flying her to Paris, flying her to... You know, around the world thinks that, hey, she might like a guy like me because I'm worth millions. That's where it stinks to be a woman. I know that some of you do like those guys worth millions. You can turn your head to their hideous deformities, but most of you want to be respected for the reasons of being respected. Anyway, um, deep golf drilling. Thriving 18 months after the BP British Petroleum spill. Now, I kind of like the BP oil spill because I'm not a big fan of dolphins. If you know anything about me, you know that they're evil, nasty creatures. So every now and then, an oil spill takes out these evil, nasty creatures, and I'm good with it. I'm really good with it. But 18 months ago, BP, British Petroleum, was a company that you probably thought, I wonder if they're going to be able to survive this. Our economy was stinking. President Obama was like, we will make them pay. The stock fell from 60 bucks all the way down to $28. Today it's at 42 Now, the market's done better than that. But not much better. And it tells you that when there's a disaster, typically that's the time to be investing, not necessarily running. You know, 18 months later... Deep sea drilling off of Texas in the Gulf of Mexico. It's rocking and rolling. Do you remember there was a moratorium where they shut down all activity for a little bit? Now they were very smart to say it's only going to be for a few months and we'll take a look back at it, but uh, big time drilling. And again, not exactly what you would have thought. Now again, I. I guess I'm being a little bit naive or assuming about you. I think we all knew drilling would would return to the Gulf. Let's talk some of the other headline news. The euro and the dollar remain near neutral today. Markets are taking cues from the euro right now and subsequent move in the dollar. Some stocks are settling prior towards the last day of the year. We're right at the S&P 500 200-day moving average. We're basically break-even for the year. Markets will be closed on Monday in observance of New Year's Day. 
Equity market has regular hours today. Bond market shuts down a little bit early. Strength today in metals and mining and coal and consumables. Oil and gas and services. Weakness in building products and office electronics. Gold's finally getting a balance after six rough days. Some headlines that we should probably hit as aggressively as we can. Again, the year's kind of ending on a little bit of a whimper. The NASDAQ 100 is going to end the year up about 3% this year. Some big winners in the NASDAQ 100 include Intuitive Surgical, ticker symbol ISRG, up 81%. Alexian Pharmaceutical, Hanson Natural, both up 77%. Hanson Natural is uh, kind of a poor man's Coca-Cola. Apple up about 25% for the year. Not a bad year for Apple, huh? Intuitive Surgical, they make these little uh, robots that can go into your heart. And uh, the doctor can perform the operation, the surgery outside your body mostly. So instead of someone having a heart attack and trying to get the cholesterol out... Instead of doing bypass surgeries, the old-fashioned way, they take a saw, cut into your rib cage, rip open your chest. It can be done with a lot less stress to your body as well as stress to the system. Petrobras was a big, 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 big story this year. Oil and gas eked out modest gains. Big rebound in crude oil futures. Brazil's Petrobras is a company to pay attention to. Fitch cut their rating on Sears. Again, I just don't like playing the damaged stocks. It's like when I was in high school and college when you'd go out on a first date with a girl and she'd be like, my dad hits me. I'd be like, that's the end of that date. See you later. Bye. Um, you don't want to play with the damaged, damaged goods. Too soon. Too soon. TMI. TMI. I'm out. So oil's below $100 a barrel. Here's a weird headline. Hungarian stocks tumbled. I know you're saying, really? Hungarian? Who knew? Wake of news. Wake of uh, basically some new laws that observers say will weaken their independence of their central bank. Their parliament gave its approval to a separate law that allows for the central bank president to be demoted if the institution becomes part of a financial regulator. They're stripping the governor president's rights to name deputies and expanding the monetary rate council of the central bank. Their their debt was downgraded to junk last week. Hungry. I know you're saying, that's an odd one. AM 1220, K-D-O-W. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money 
your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking finances, money, invested in more. We talk about 2011. We talk about 2012. Anything that you really want to talk about is pretty much so fair game. We talk about what's pushing the markets today and what we could expect for next year. The headlines are a little bit on the thin side today. I'll be quite honest with you. There's not a lot going on. The markets are trading slightly lower, fractionally lower on the Dow and the NASDAQ. The S&P 500 is higher. Gold's higher a little bit today, up about 2%. So we're dealing with, you know, Spain's cutting their spending, boosting their taxes headline. That's not a good headline. The fact that they're doing something about it makes sense, and they are ahead of their problems. Spanish Prime Minister Mariano Rajoy announced about $19 billion deficit cuts. The government's finances in worse shape than expected. The deficit this year is going to reach 8% of GDP. Stepped up austerity to avoid a bailout may derail his aim of trimming the country's rising debt while spurring a shrinking economy that's you know choking up Europe's highest unemployment rate. Spain's got unemployment of 22%. And that drove their previous prime minister... Uh, Zapatero, Jose Zapatero, out of power. Now, Spain has a big economy. Italy has a big economy. They can manage their situation. Some countries like Greece can't. One of the big stories of 2011 is that gold kind of went sideways with the market this year. Now, it did end the year higher, or will end the year higher, unless there's a shocker in the last day. But gold, gold's poised to you know, complete its 11th consecutive annual gain, its longest winning streak in nine decades. What happens to winning streaks? They eventually end. Now, George Soros, the billionaire who two years ago called it the ultimate asset bubble, cut 99% of his holdings in the first quarter. Hedge fund managers John Paulson, Eric Mindich, Paul Taraji, they all sold gold this year. Now, a lot of people are going to look at it and say, ooh, 10 years, it's up. Keep in mind, if you've had a diversified portfolio of stocks, in the last 10 years, you're up 60%. But there's a lot of divergence of views now on gold. It did its job of protecting investors. There's no doubt about it. Investment in physical metal is cooling. So investment in physical metal is cooling. U.S. Mint sales of American Eagle gold coins in November were the weakest since June 2008. Holdings in bullion-backed ETPs 
fell about 35 metric tons. Now, what happens if Italy, one of the world's largest holders of gold, starts selling off some of their gold to pay some of their debt? And the demand's not out there. To get the demand, you're going to have to lower the price. Just be careful, people. I don't think gold, I, I do think gold goes higher as long as the U.S. has a weaker dollar policy. But it doesn't mean it goes a straight line higher. No, no. Let me correct that statement. Gold has the potential to go higher as long as the U.S. has a weaker dollar policy. I make a little bit better sense. Or am I talking out of the side of my mouth? I could be doing that. The euro is uh, neutral today. Green dot back dollars neutral. Stocks are settling in at this point in time. Not a lot going on. A little positive territory with a rise in euro. You know, it's a modest gain. It's a modest day at best out there. Oil's pulled back a little bit. Um, Cabot Oil, biggest winner in the S&P 500 this year, up 103%. First solar, biggest loser in the S&P 500, down 75%. McDonald's, big winner in the Dow, up 31%. Apple up 25% this year. It's that time of year where you do these end-of-year market grabs. Sorry, that's annoying. Um, 10-year treasury notes up 10% this year. That's crazy. The 10-year treasury in the United States is basically a big warning sign right now saying that things are tough out there. So a treasury is very similar to a bond. It's a shorter duration. Now, what it's telling you, in my opinion, is, is panic. It's telling you things in Europe make us incredibly scared. Because it's, it's a pretty smart market, in my opinion, a 10-year treasury. And it's collapsed in the last year. You know, a, a year ago, it was trading about 3.5%, which I can deal with. I prefer the 10-year treasury to trade... Four, four, five percent. There's enough growth going on there. There's enough stimulus going on there to create inflation. But when the ten-year Treasury dips to one point eight seven percent, it's going to keep mortgages incredibly low. First and foremost, which is great because you and I are going to have a well-funded balance sheet for the next ten, twenty, thirty years. But it's also telling you. We know what's going on in Europe. We see it. We, we got it. We're paying attention to it. So that's pretty well known at this point in time. Let's see if there's any breaking stories. It's the last day of the year, people. <laughs> there's not going to be any breaking stories. Republican candidates increase their fundraising. I don't think that's exactly a breaking story. It's kind of interesting. Um, Barack Obama's war promise. He's taking credit for keeping a 2008 campaign promise by ending the war in Iraq this month. 
is pledging to wind down the war in Afghanistan by 2014. Foreign policy offers a little less certain election weapon for him. Uh, right now, he's on the campaign trail saying that he's, you know, I killed Osama bin Laden and other al-Qaeda leaders on his watch. So a recent Pew poll found that 55% of Americans view the economy and related issues such as unemployment as more important than international issues. President Obama has a strong footing on foreign policy because of the string of victories that have happened over the last year. Um, It'll be interesting. This is going to be a political year, uh, 2012, an election year. So we will see exactly uh, how uh, dramatic it plays out into the United States and into our stock market. So it will. It's going to be a big year of funding. Uh, Every year we kind of see that, and we'll see it again this year. President Obama spent more money than any other president by a long shot to get elected the first time. He'll have to probably do a very similar campaign the second time around. He with the most money wins. No, no, he with the most money has the best chance of winning. Rising confidence, fewer firings, gains in the holiday sales. It should show us that the U.S. economy is picking up. Defying a slowdown in Europe. So first start of 2012 should be economically an okay decoupling of news. You're listening to AM 1220 KDOW. Find me at robblack.com or Twitter Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. You can also find me at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Coming up, I'm going to see if there's any breaking AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is from 9 to noon on the Bay Area's business list. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.